Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So one of the things that I have noticed in being a psychologist is that people will often hold back really important information. Starting with the intake interview, I will ask loads and loads of questions about a variety of different things. I will end with, is there anything I missed that I should know about? And many people say no. And then maybe six months, a year later, or sometimes even longer, my clients will disclose to me in a session something that was a major piece of their life that they have never mentioned before. And I will ask them, why did you not tell me this earlier? Why did you wait so long to tell me about this major event or major piece of your life? And the person will always say, either because I didn't think it was relevant because that was then and this is now and that's a problem from the past. And that is really strange to me that people would decide that something major, and I'm talking about major stuff like, oh yeah, my dad left us for five years when I was a kid and then suddenly came back and we don't know where he went. Or, yeah, my parents split up for a couple years and I had to be with my dad and then they and then they got back together and everything was fine. Or, uh, yeah, I was sexually abused for a few years, but, you know, that's that doesn't matter to who I am today or that... That has no impact to who I am today or something like that. So I don't understand when people decide that these kind of intimate details of their life are not relevant. I will never understand how people make the decision that something big is irrelevant. But then the truth of it is a lot of times people don't tell me things in the very beginning because I'm still a stranger to them. They don't know me yet and they don't feel ready to tell me something that is extremely vulnerable or extremely painful. And I understand that. We have not established an intimate emotional relationship yet. And in the case of therapy, it is very one-sided. I am not telling them intimate emotional information about myself, but in the therapist-client relationship, sometimes it takes a while for the client to trust me. Now one might ask, what is emotional intimacy? What does it mean to be emotionally intimate with somebody? There was a storyline in the show Seinfeld in which one of the characters, George Costanza, was dating a woman who really wanted to get married. And he reluctantly got engaged to Susan and was really unhappy about being engaged for a long time. And... And it was clear that he was not being 
honest with her about how he really felt. It's quite a funny storyline, and I don't want to spoil it, but it does call to question how intimate people are with one another emotionally. This is not just about romantic relationships. This is about all relationships, about what people share with one another and how vulnerable they are with one another. And some people are really good at this and some people are really terrible at this. I remember there was a time in my life when I was young and I was dating somebody and we were together for quite some time and another friend described us as being a close couple. And the truth was I wasn't feeling super emotionally intimate with my partner. And it made me wonder what she meant about a close couple. What does that even mean? Because the background I had, I was in the early stages of studying psychology at the time, and I knew that we were not as close emotionally as we could be. And I knew that, that my partner was not good at being vulnerable and wasn't good at listening to my vulnerability. And thus, we were not very good at being emotionally intimate. And so what the friend meant by that is still to this day unknown to me. Maybe she meant that we shared a lot of the same hobbies I'm not even sure. Or maybe it seemed like we were emotionally intimate, but we weren't. And in the end, it didn't work out. But what I realize is that everybody's level of emotional intimacy is different. And so this is across the board. This is for all relationships. This is a question about how honest, how vulnerable you are able to be with the important people in your life. Now, it shows up in different ways. People are closed off and not able to be emotionally intimate in many different ways. A really superficial way is where people don't actually say what's on their minds. They might care about somebody, but they never actually say it out loud. And I will even see this in therapy where someone doesn't communicate with a loved one in their life, and I will sort of call them out on it, and the person will say, well, you know, my brother knows how I feel about him. I don't need to say anything or something like that. Or a client will describe a conversation that they had with somebody, and I get confused about exactly what was communicated or how it was communicated, and then I realize that they did a really bad job of communicating what was on their minds, and they did it in a really half-assed way that didn't get the point across very well 
at all. But in the mind of the client, they have said enough and the other person should be able to tell what they actually meant. And so that's one way that people sort of avoid being fully emotionally intimate. Another way is by ignoring another person's feelings. We have all heard this phrase, sweeping it under the rug. Many of my clients complain that they come from families where things were swept under the rug, meaning that no one actually dealt with any kind of difficult situations or conflicts because they were busy trying to change the subject or minimize the subject. And a lot of people will take advantage of others and avoid being emotionally intimate. For example, say you have an inkling that your partner, say, is unhappy about a situation. And you know, you can tell by their body language or how they're reacting that they have some sort of a problem or a conflict. And in your mind, as long as they don't say it out loud, as long as they do not verbalize their conflict, then you're good. You don't have to deal with anything that is difficult or emotionally intimate. Now, some people do this unconsciously. Some people take the time to justify it in their mind, like, hey, if Bob had a problem with me, he would say something. And since he's not saying anything, he must not have a problem with me. And some people do that unconsciously because it's just a heck of a lot easier if you don't have to deal with that conflict. And some people do it on purpose. Some people take advantage. They justify it, right? And you might be a person who justifies avoiding some kind of emotional intimacy because the other person doesn't have the guts to say what's going on with them. And so as long as they don't have the guts to do so, well, screw them. You're not going to make it any easier for them because they're weak. Now, this is how people treat others in their lives. And they learn how to ignore another person's feelings. And sometimes, even when a person brings up an emotional issue that they feel they need to talk about, sometimes the other person will just flat out change the subject or tell them they're silly for even thinking that there's any kind of issue, and move on. Now, other people are really good at ignoring their own feelings, that you might be one of these people. You might be a person who 
starts to feel upset about a situation between you and somebody else in your life. And you might start to feel like maybe there's a problem, like the person is upset with you and they're not saying. Maybe it's a friend. You think that your friend might be upset with you. And that makes you feel awful. And you feel like you don't know what you've done, but somehow you can tell that your friend is upset with you. But instead of having that emotionally intimate conversation with your friend, you instead have an argument inside of yourself where you tell yourself, eh, you're jumping to conclusions. There is nothing wrong here. Nothing's different. Get over yourself. You're just being dramatic. And you talk yourself out of having that emotionally intimate conversation with your friend about what's really going on. Now, this comes out in other ways too. And I have seen this when couples are mismatched in terms of their emotional intimacy. And one person will be willing and able to verbalize everything that is going on with them emotionally. And the other person would prefer not to do so and doesn't want to have that kind of emotional intimacy. And so what will end up happening is that the person who verbalizes will be told, you are overly dramatic. You do jump to conclusions. You get upset about things that shouldn't be upsetting. And so it gets turned around to where the person who is an excellent communicator about their emotions is told that they need to change this part of their personality. It is looked at as a negative personality trait that must be changed. And so the person who is the good emotional communicator does start to believe that they are too focused on the emotions. They will tell themselves, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe I am too sensitive. Maybe this is a problem that I have that I need to work on. Maybe I shouldn't talk about my feelings so much. Maybe I should just let it go. Let sleeping dogs lie. We don't need to talk about everything. Now, another thing about emotional intimacy, and I have talked about this before, is that when you are the type of person who does share about feelings and what is going on with you, sometimes the person who is listening is not able to tolerate your shit, your issues. 
So sometimes it's super obvious, like, why are you talking about this? I don't want to know about this. And maybe the person that you are trying to share with just obviously shuts you down in that way. But I think there's a covert way that people who cannot tolerate emotional intimacy can shut others down, but still appear to be a nice person. They don't want to look like they are shutting someone down, but they do it anyway. And the way that that plays out is this. You decide that you want to share with your friend something that happened to you as a child that was difficult or challenging for you in some way. And it doesn't even have to be something traumatic. It might be something that was just very difficult emotionally and it took you a long time to overcome. And you decide you're going to share this with a friend, say. And you talk about this experience with your friend and your friend listens and nods and seems really interested. And then your friend says something like, well, thank God that's in the past and you've come so far since then. Thank God that's over. And it's a way of dismissing rather than tolerating someone who is being vulnerable and trying to take the emotional intimacy to the next level. And this happens in other ways too. You might find yourself just kind of complaining one day about having a bad day or a bad week and you tell and you tell your friend this that It's just been one disaster after another. This whole day just needs to end because it's just been horrible for me and I can't wait until it's over. And instead of your friend asking you what happened, tell me about it, I want to hear, your friend says instead, oh yeah, let's just go get a drink. Let's just forget it all. Or let's do something to make up for that. Or let's find something more positive to think about or talk about. Or let's just talk about me then. Since you've had such a bad time, let's talk about me instead because I've got good news. And your friend is not really allowing you to be vulnerable and share what you have been through and tolerate it and be willing to listen. And so you taking the friendship to the next emotionally intimate level is just not going to happen because you were shut down in a nice way. Now, the question is, what is it that allows people to be emotionally intimate with one another? I believe that honesty is the key 
in this situation. No matter what your feelings are, good, bad, or neutral, you can be honest with somebody and you can share your feelings honestly and the other person does not judge you or try to hurt you in any way for sharing your feelings. And in order to have emotional intimacy, you have to be accepting of who you are and what you've been through. And the person listening has to be accepting of who you are and what you have been through and validate your feelings and your point of view, even if the person does not share your feelings and point of view. Which brings me to the idea of safety, that you should feel safe to share what's going on with you and how you feel, and that you will not be rejected, you will not be expected to apologize, you will be accepted and your issues and concerns and even joy, quite frankly, can be handled by the other person. That it's all okay anytime and the person that you are emotionally intimate with can accept you, can listen, and can hold it safe and can hold your feelings and your experiences safe and they're not going to run away and tell somebody else or gossip about you. They're just going to be there and be willing and open and able to handle whatever it is that you have to share and whatever it is that you have to say. And so I would encourage you to take a look at your relationships at all levels. Look at your relationships with family. Look at your relationships with romantic partners. Look at your relationships with friends. And ask yourself if you have emotional intimacy with them, if you feel safe, if you feel accepted, if you feel like you can be honest with the people around you, 100% honest, that is. And if you have that in those relationships, then congratulations, you have a very supportive environment. And if you don't, please reconsider your support system and maybe get some help figuring out a better support system. Be well, and thank you for listening.